Welcome back to another episode of Sean and Ed's Do Baseball. I am Sean. And I'm Ed's. And we do the baseball history. That's right. We're bringing you the baseball history here in the Ides of December. That's right. The last episode of the season. That's right. Last one of the year. Just uh, be forewarned, we got a we got a dog walking around the studio, so you, you may or may not hear that. Hopefully not, but... Uh, yeah. Lie down. Lie yeah. down, Francis. Um, <laughs> well, the same dog that... that, that Jumped yeah, into you my, in the back. Yeah, I forget which episode that was. Um, but it was one of the recent ones. Uh, so check out our recent episodes. But yeah, this is the last one of 2022 for everybody. Uh, it's going to be a short one, I guess. Not really. We'll find out. Okay, well, before you get started telling the story, I'll tell people to follow us on Twitter at Doing Baseball and TikTok at Doing Baseball and Instagram at Doing Dot Baseball. That's right. And uh, of course, if you're listening, however you're listening, thank you and uh, give us a rating, give us a review. I don't know. Uh, we really appreciate it. We've, we've been watching. Uh, the downloads go, and 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 it, we're we're picking up steam. So we have a lot of exciting things coming in 2023. We got some new guests. We're gonna bring on, uh, of course. The, there's endless stories. There's endless yeah, stories. Yeah, it can go forever. And uh, <laughs> yeah, once again, like Sean mentioned, thanks for listening. We our our downloads got over 10,000 this month. So that's that's really good. That's we appreciate it. A appreciate lot. it. Never yeah. thought. Never thought. Um, so you ready for this? I'm ready. All right, so this is a, a off-field story. It's okay. not. You said a, something about bone shaking. You bone kinda, shaking. Yeah. Yes, yes. Bone rattling. Okay. Um, all, all things that that might hint at this story. Okay. But first, we're going to talk about James R. McAleer. So he doesn't ring a bell. Well, throughout the eighteen nineties, he was the the. Let's say that the Kevin Kiermeyer of his day, okay, or the Juan Pierre of his day, a very good outfielder mm-hmm. who never really hit that much. Okay, so I was gonna say Kiermeyer could kind of hit fairly well for he was more. I mean, okay. I know him more for his de- defense. But. All right, let's not get ticky tacky here. Okay. Either way, okay. Let me just say, Kevin I should Pilar. just stick to the strip. I should just stick to the strip. So he's one of the most graceful outfielders in the game. And McAleer was a native of Youngstown, Ohio, and played in his home state of Cleveland for the Spiders. Okay. Uh, so, he, so he played on a bad team. Oh, he played on lots of bad teams. But he played there from uh, 1889 to 1899. Although, uh, <laughs> although he did just... To ship infants, oh, he he jumped ship to oh, okay. uh, to the Cleveland Infants of the Players League in eighteen. It's very different than shipping infants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, it's gone to a human trafficking well, story. All right, I, I will also say I wrote this episode like three weeks ago. So okay. uh, yeah, we're probably, a week late. 
by the way. Yeah, yeah sorry we should have addressed that. Yeah. It's, it was my birthday. Fuck you, people. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> Anyways, it was my birthday. That's why we're a week late. So Magalier uh, was never known for his hitting, but he was a superb outfielder, making his pitchers' lives easier and running down well-struck balls with the grace of a deer. Mm-hmm. Okay. But in the grace middle... of a gazelle. A gazelle, sure. Whatever. You the fucking animal arbitrator? Um, Today I am. <laughs> it's your dog. Um, but in the middle of his tenure with the Spiders, the fleet-footed outfielder had a problem. A cramp in his lower back hindering the best part of his game. Some people said legs, some people said back. I don't know. I just went with back because that could be connected. I don't know. Okay, so he's, he's developed a sore back and now he's not as good. That's Defensively, no. But luckily for McAleer... There was another man living in Youngston, Ohio, that could solve that problem. Probably better than anyone else in the country at the time. Okay. And that man's name was John Bonesetter Reese. (laughs) John Bonesetter Reese. He's a chiropractor. (laughs) In a way. Okay. So not officially. That you will find out. All right. John D. Reese. Just trying Reese. to predict here. John D. Reese was born at Stradley Arms Pub. In the Stradley <laughs> Arms Pub. It's a great start. Just inside <laughs> Lale- Oh, man, there's some Welsh words here. Uh, Lanelly in the souther- south of Wales on May 6, 1855. He was the son of William and Sarah Morris Reese. Uh, William... Uh, was his dad uh, a coal miner and would perish shortly after John's birth? I, I read as much as like three months, and then I also read like when he was an infant, whatever. He what? His dad died. Oh, he okay, he perished. He perished. Okay, <laughs> I, I couldn't quite hear what you said there for a second. He had a really good pair uh, when yeah. his kid was. <laughs> yeah. Was, like maybe you said he went to Paris? Like, <laughs> no, okay, yeah. His dad just. So he died. Paris. His dad died. His dad okay. died, yeah. Okay. Uh, when he terrible. was a baby at some point. That's uh, Once again, a little bit conflicting reports. At the pub? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. <laughs> In the mine or at the pub. One of the two, 50 50. Yeah, okay. um, when he was a child, uh, his mother. Mother then moved them to uh, Rhymney. Uh, Reese, also in Wales, Reese grew up poor, and to make matters worse, his mother would die when he was just 11. Oh, man. So, that he, sucks. He's a preteen orphan in the 1860s. Mm-hmm. And what do you do then, Edzy? Uh, I don't know. I don't want to say. <laughs> you get a fucking job. Well, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> You're that's 11. That's You're 11. Yeah. Should have been working for years by this point. <laughs> exactly. What, you had a mom? <laughs> Congratulations. Well, now you don't, so here's a job. Exactly. Okay. So, Reese went Gotta to work. Gotta earn your way somehow, I guess. Once again, at 11, mm-hmm. Reese went to work at a local ironworks and began to learn the trade. Reese, uh, so there, this is the other thing, a little conflicting. Uh, Tough so, gig to yeah. take, too. <laughs> By the way, like you didn't just like start by cutting grass or anything. You just like going to the steel mill. I don't have grass in Wales. I mean, in the cities, they probably didn't. I don't know. I feel like there's lots of grass in Wales. Okay. Well, yeah, you're right. They, you, that's why they have sheep, man. That's why they have sheep. Yeah. Okay. So um, he gets a job. Da, 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 da. So this is a. So there's a local family <laughs> named uh, the, the father was named Tom Jones. And okay. he also worked at this steel mill. Now, some people say that 
the family took him in. Other people say it was his neighbor. Mm -hmm. um, but either way, this family and him become really close. They're like, oh, look at this orphan. Like Him and Tom Jones' family. Yeah, so he Tom Jones has two boys around his age. <laughs> Probably pretty funny. He told him, he's like, it's not unusual to be loved by anyone. <laughs> Stop. Stop. He's like, just come live with us. It's yeah. fine. It's not unusual. <laughs> okay. So I, he was also a fellow iron worker, and he took the child under his wing, right, which, right. you know, seems nice. Um, but Tom Jones wasn't just an experienced iron worker or lounge singer. He was an experienced bone setter. Bone setter. So I don't think that's a job anymore. No, it's not. But <laughs> okay. I, it kind of turned into several jobs. So right. bone setting uh, is a type of folk medicine which practitioners engage in joint manipulation. It's dated back at least to the 1500s and basically is the precursor to osteopathy, chiropractors, and physiotherapists. Okay. So back in the day, mm -hmm. you'd just you'd go, go to, to a bone setter. Yeah. Then you'd right. have a bone setter. I mean, it makes sense, I guess. It's, yeah. It's just the the advancement of their technology and knowledge at the time. So Jones uh, uh, healed the sprains and strains of local miners and mill workers. He trained his sons to follow in his footsteps, and Reese learned alongside them. Reese would later describe the practice, uh, and a quote, the theory of which, bone setting, it uh, is based, is that muscles and ligaments become displaced and remain so until put back where they belong. Okay. So adjustments. Yeah. Adjustments, right? Okay. You're you're somewhat accurate, I guess. Yeah. So Reese uh married his wife, Sarah, who was the sister in law of one of Joan's son. So Joan's son David, his wife, uh -huh. had a sister. Okay. So he marries yeah, basically... Reese. Yeah, so now they're, like, actually family, too. So that's how okay. close these people were. Okay. Uh, the couple would go on to have five kids. Unfortunately for the family, the jobs in Wales would dry up in the 1880s, and John was forced to make the hard decision to immigrate to the USA in 1887. Reese mm -hmm. set off for Pittsburgh all by himself to ply his trades in Steeltown. He worked at Jones and Laughlin Steel in Pittsburgh, but then packed up and headed 60 miles northwest to Youngston, Ohio, where he settled and his family joined him as he took a job at Brown Bonnell Mills. So it's another mill, mill working job. He's got experience. Yeah, I've been doing this since I was 11. So this is where the legend kind of goes, that he's working at this mill and, and one of his colleagues dislocates their shoulder or something. Some fucking nightmarish 1880s okay. industrial Something that's job. like a near-death injury, probably. At well, this time. or like a, like you can't work ever again. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, that's Seriously like droopy debil shoulder Hank. Yeah, very debilitating. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so... Um, so Bone Setter Reese is... Yeah, yeah. He's in the neighborhood. So he comes to this dude's assistance, pops the shoulder back in, whatever does everything, and that basic little bit of insistence unintentionally begins a long medical career for reese okay so youngstone was full like, of hey it worked for that guy at the shop go yeah go talk to reese he'll pop you back together exactly All so right. the hard-working miners and steel workers uh of youngstone and it's not far from pittsburgh too there's basically they you know 
word spread. They're like, oh man, this guy is a fucking miracle worker. He stabs you with with needles and whatnot. <laughs> well, he like pops your like yeah. grabs your arm and makes it go all like weird and shit, and then it feels better. Hey. Don't bark at shit. Anyway. <laughs> Stop listening. He doesn't listen at all. He Francis. Close the blinds. That would work. Anyways. So for um, five years, Reese would balance... For five years, Reese would balance a life of working at the mill full-time and treating his fellow workers in Youngston. The bosses encouraged this practice as it kept their workers healthy and they didn't have to pay him anything. So the bosses are like, oh, fuck yeah, we're losing less people. Yeah. Uh, Makes sense. Yeah. So obviously this is an exhausting schedule to keep where Reese was actually working at the mill at night mm-hmm. and people would be coming over and he'd be bone setting them in his living room. Yeah. Um, so eventually he's he'd... burning the candle at both ends. Yeah. So yeah. in 1894, he's just like, fuck it. I'm going full doctor mode with this. I'm bone setting for life. Yeah. <laughs> bone setter for life. Mm-hmm. So finally, 1894, Reese would leave the mill and go into private practice, allowing more than just laborers to see him. Reese would say, so many people kept coming to me that I could not do both. Knowing people would keep coming to me, I gave up the mill. So he was like, even if I tell people to stop, they're going to keep coming. Yeah. So I know what I have to do. It's like, I really, yeah, at this point, I really only have one choice. Yeah. So around this time is when people like James R. McAleer, who I told you about at the beginning, Uh began to find him and have their ailments healed. Word spread about the Welshman with a bushy mustache and strong hands, and soon many were seeking him out to heal them. So he's doing well. Um, yeah, as he's got a successful practice, if you will. Yeah, so I, I believe it's uh, it's two years later. Here is the uh, uh, reported in the Youngstown Vindicator, which is the best fucking newspaper mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. I don't know what, but you know, I don't subscribe. know what, they, what were they vindicating? People from? <laughs> well, they're vindicating the news. Yeah. They're like, you need information. <laughs> this is vindication. <laughs> So, October 1896, here's from an article there. Another marvelous cure was performed Friday morning by John D. Reese, better known as Bonesetter Reese, at his residence (laughs) at 1231 Emma Street. A boy who had been crippled three years and who went to the house on crutches walked away apparently as well as ever. His father carried the crutches out. Mm. It's a... It's a positive Yelp review. (laughs) Give us five stars on Yelp. (laughs) If we get a good article in The Vindicator, man, we're going to go places. So Reese would uh, see anyone... Uh, Reese would see anyone in his practice, but would always go out of his way for his fellow miners and mill workers. So he, you right. know, he, he was a, he was a he man like of a the favoritism people. towards yeah. those people. Well, and you'll see that's the only kind of type of favoritism he has. He was very, uh, very uh, equal in his okay. uh, medical practice, which I guess every doctor technically should be. Yeah, was, ethically, that's what you're supposed to be. Yeah. yeah. So. More and more affluent people began to arrive at Reese's clinic, and his business took off. Reese uh, was a man of God, and in the sense, uh, not like the cuckoo crazy. Like, he was like, I am a man of God, yeah, and I'm going to heal people, right. and I'm going to do it for whatever they can afford. Oh, good for him. Yeah. yeah. So he's like a real Christian. 
Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, that's what I was trying to get at. Like, yeah. he's, a, he's a real, like, uh, I want to do good, and if people are too poor, they can give me a fucking sandwich. Yeah. like Because they need it. Yeah, exactly. You know? So he would charge the rich uh, and heal the poorest working class for free. Uh, his fame grew, uh, and the Ohio medical establishment got pissed. I wonder why. <laughs> so they charged him with quackery. He's undercutting us. Yeah, they charged him with quackery and practicing medicine without a license. Mm-hmm. So Rees was not a licensed physician. Um, but by the sounds of it, he wouldn't stray from his expertise, which was muscle and joints. Right. And he wasn't, he didn't pretend to be a doctor. No, no. So he would refer patients. He's like, I to, just know how to rub you down and give you a little massage back to, yeah, back okay. to, you know, your shoulder will feel good. Yeah. Here. I'm not here to clear your influenza. Yeah. Your neck can't turn one way. I can do that. But yeah. if you fucking have a tumor, go to a real doctor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that's so basically. he's got humility too. Yeah. Yeah. I like this guy. Yeah. So he would send people to real doctors if it called for it. Still, it seemed as though Reese may be in trouble. So Reese enrolled at the local Case University in Cleveland to get his medical certification. But there was a huge problem. The sight of blood made bonesetter Reese sick to his stomach. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. So he's not obviously setting, like, broken bones. That would be referred to the real doctor. Yeah, once again, yeah. This is more like, oh, I pulled a hammy, or like, oh, like, my back went out. Yeah, like you mentioned physio. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So he's he's, he's like, oh, I guess I gotta get my medical license. (laughs) 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 Is that blood? (laughs) So uh, the medical school, his time at medical school lasted but only a few weeks. Um, but he still made a huge impression on the faculty there. His teacher recognized his talents for his actual talents. Right. Being like, I guess you don't need, you're not doing surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they gave him their blessings uh, to practice, with one going so far as to say anyone who had a quarrel with Reese had a quarrel with him. Okay. So... They're like, yo, yeah, he's not a doctor, but he's doing yeah, he's good. He's doing good work. stuff. So yeah, yeah, he's not a quack. Right. Um. So in the end, uh, Reese, through probably his teachers and stuff at the university, he he manages to to get a network. He he basically lobbies to be able to stay practicing in Ohio, mm-hmm. and amazingly. A law is passed specifically allowing him to practice by Governor Asa Bushnell. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. So they're like, this guy, everybody's like, favorite. we don't know what he does, but he, <laughs> he, he moves your arms around. It works amazing, and we're going to pass it into law that it's okay that he does that. Yeah. And you can't talk shit about him. So this is the point where basically he is national news, and the governor... Even knows there's who not he a is. lot going on. No, back there's then, not. Eh? So word <laughs> spread, uh, and McAleer uh, told the entire baseball world about this healer from Youngstown, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in 1901, Honus Wagner, in his second season with the hometown Pirates, wrenched his knee uh, on the turf at Exposition Park. Bonesetter was called in and made one of the few house calls, or I guess clubhouse calls yeah uh because he rarely he normally people would come to him right. uh, bone setter has a, who has a, uh a, who is a large man 
and has a large bushy mustache and similar hair to that of Mark Twain, marched into the Pittsburgh clubhouse and ejected everybody, including the trainer. It's just like, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. What a cool looking dude. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like Mark Twain. Yeah. And this is around the time Mark Twain was alive. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. He was speaking at banquet dinners and stuff for the baseball. That's right. Yeah. So. Bonesetter was called in. Uh, he marches in, gets rid of everybody. Reese recalled the moment he laid eyes on the Pittsburgh shortstop. <laughs> because they call me Bonesetter, Wagner was trembling, clear down to his shoes. And the minute I placed my hands on his back, he fainted dead away. <laughs> Man. He's just, like, sweating. Yeah. <laughs> just fucking giant Mark Twain showing up and being like, everyone out, lay down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Wagner, now we, we switch narratives, Wagner explains what happens next. Mm-hmm. He had me stretch out flat on my back, and he tried to work my left leg up around my shoulder like a contortionist. I thought he'd cripple me, and I wouldn't relax. For about 30 minutes, he tussled. And, gave, and then I gave in. He punched me everywhere but on the sore spot. <laughs> now walk, he commanded. I couldn't. I told him I couldn't. Sure you can, he answered. The first thing I knew, he gave me a push, and I walked. In fact, in a day or two, I was back there good as I ever was. <laughs> Just like beats the shit out of every other part of your body so you just, don't think about how your knee hurts. Just grabs your leg and yeah. is just like forcing it. You're kneeing your face. Yeah. Um, As you resist. So both Wagner... Couldn't very well. Apparently it did. Yeah. It's insane. So both, no sense. both Wagner and Tommy Leach, another ball player, were uh, both worked on by Reese and credited him for their success and in turn the success of the Pittsburgh Pirates in the early 1900s. The Pirates would offer Reese the position of team physician in 1903, but Reese would turn them down, choosing to stay at his private clinic in Youngstown. So, with this, Honus Wagner becomes a star. Uh, the other guy I mentioned at the beginning, he's becoming a coach. Like he's, he's just lots of baseball players going. So baseball yeah. players began seeing Reese as well as boxers and other prominent athletes, although he really fucking hated football. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he was just like, oh, you hurt yourself playing football. <laughs> Get it back in the line. <laughs> so <laughs> We'll early, put you on the list, maybe. Early football star uh, George Papa Bear Hallis had to lie to Reese when he would see him for football injuries. He also played baseball, so he would pretend like he hurt himself on the ball diving instead okay. of on the football field. Smart. So Hallis, uh, who told Reese he heard his hip sliding into third, gave an account of Reese's practice in his autobiography. And I quote, so he felt my derriere when you slide into third, when you slid into third base, you twisted your hip bone. It's pressing on a nerve. He pushed his steely fingers deep into my hips, clasped the bone and gave it a sharp twist. The pain vanished and I danced out of his office. Yeah. Sounds like a chiropractor. Yeah. <laughs> so, in total, Reese's family would say he treated at least 54 major leaguers and helped 28 of them reach the Hall of Fame, including Honus Wagner, of course. Mm-hmm. He healed ballplayers better than anybody at the time, as I alluded to at the beginning. Uh-huh. Uh, and Wagner was not the most famous person Reese would treat, as, as he would also treat celebrities and national politicians who began to seek him out. President Theodore Roosevelt 
and Prime Minister David Lloyd George were patients, and apparently PM George asked for Reese's service after his American tour had left his hand throbbing after shaking thousands of hands. <laughs> <laughs> and Teddy Roosevelt like took too many hikes, so like he needed to get massaged after visiting. Yeah, I wrestled a bear yeah. today. Please reset my shoulders yeah. and my eyes. Yes, they've been gouged. Uh, he, he worked his magic on the daughter of the vice president after she hurt her ankle at a dance. Hmm. So, okay. but apparently she like people are dancing aggressively back in these days. Yeah, so. I think I think it was like serious though and she was like seeing other doctors and they were like, "Yeah, we'll do surgery." and it just didn't work and then he was just like, "Fine." Um so uh Will Rogers uh was one of the countless celebrities who would frequent Reese's clinic. Uh, now on the fancier north end of Youngstown, and cab drivers knew the address well because of the number of visitors heading to and from the train station. At the height of his practice, he was really? seeing up to 80 patients a day. Wow. He, he did not charge a set fee, as I talked about, and patients would pay what they could. Uh, money, sometimes a cigar, sometimes he would even get a luxury car. <laughs> what? Yeah. That's a wide range of... Uh... He's very just whatever you can give me. Yeah. So outside of his practice, uh, Reese was very religious. He was, I think he was a deacon at the church or something like that. Uh, yeah, he was. I wrote he was a dean at the church, which mm. is not... That's not a thing. Yeah. I don't ed- think. Editing. I write fast. Uh, he was bestowed the honor of being named a druid of the American Gorsed, which is an ancient order from <laughs> Wales who promote literary scholarship and the creation of poetry and music. Nice. Yeah, he's a fucking druid. And you sounds think- like Ty Cobb's father would have liked him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Reece- can you speak? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Reese was uh, an egalitarian uh, when it came to his medical practice, and he would see patients in the order they arrived, even if it was the fucking president. Okay. Yeah. Take a number, bud. <laughs> <laughs> so Reese saw uh, Mr. Roosevelt. Take a number. So back to baseball. Reese saw a lot of pitchers in his day. And this is what he had to say about arm troubles. It's not the curveball pitchers who come the more often, but the boys who try to throw the ball past a batter. The speedball pitchers, uh, if the soreness is in the elbow, it's a speedball pitcher nine times out of ten. If it's in the shoulder, it's a curveball pitcher. Interesting. Yeah, which I would think would be the opposite. Yeah. But maybe... Small sample size. Small sample. <laughs> uh, several major leaguers would give, uh, would give Reese credit for saving their careers, including Cleveland pitcher George Uly and Pittsburgh-slash-Brooklyn infielder Glenn Wright. The New York Times reported, and I quote, One of Reese's most remarkable cures was worked on the throwing arm of Glenn Wright, Brooklyn shortstop. The limb was injured in a basketball game in the offseason, and in the middle of the 1929 National League campaign, Wright quit the game. Apparently, though, uh, Reese worked on the arm that autumn, and in the spring of 1930, the brilliant infielder came back with a wing that could cut down base runners with rifle-like throws from all angles of the short field. Okay. Yeah. So it's working. It's working. It's continuing to work. In 1924, Sporting Life paid tribute to Reese's contribution to baseball, noting he has prolonged the active life of countless baseball stars and preserved them for fans of the country to cheer. 
Hall of Fame pitcher Red Ruffing said, If it hadn't been for the wizardry of Bonesetter Reese, who fixed my arm in 1927, I wouldn't have had a big league pitching career. Damn. So just just so five-star Yelp reviews all, all across over. the board from everybody. All over. This dude <laughs> did it all. Yeah. Uh, he Reese continued his practice right up until the end, or almost right up until the end. Uh, as he aged, he slowed down a little bit and couldn't take on spinal cases anymore. <laughs> just couldn't <laughs> do the whole back thing. Yeah. Uh, those were a little too arduous. In 1931, he retired, uh, but his retirement did not last long. His beloved Sarah had died two decades prior, and he was now suffering from heart disease. In November 1931, John Bonesetter Reese died of heart failure at age 74. Reese was eulogized as a man who achieved great fame and fortune, but never forgot his roots as a worker. Uh, His obituary in the Youngstown Vindicator, once again, amazing, noted that he treated patients as they came in, that the famous had to stand in line just like everyone else. Patients paid what they could afford, while widows and orphan of mill workers were not charged for his services. Reese's work with ball players was more or less just a small part of his practice, but the ball players of the day were gods, and their endorsement helped Reese almost as much as he helped them. He treated over 50 ballplayers, as I said. His family guessed it could have actually been hundreds. Uh, he was a modest man and never advertised who his clients were. So all the yeah, people that yeah. talked about his help, but there's no quotes of you know him really being mm-hmm. like, oh. He's not being like, oh, I treated this guy and this guy yeah. or whatever. Yeah. You know? So he was a modest That's man awesome. with a bushy mustache, blue eyes, and big strong hands, uh, credited with being one of the first... Uh, men to pioneer sports medicine. John Bowen said Reese was buried in Youngstown, Ohio, and his grave sits not far from the grave of the first ball player he ever helped, James McAleer. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. That's a wild story. Yeah. I like, I like that one. That's, you know, just a little, little touch of baseball in that one, you know? Yeah. It's like kind of how, how baseball brought, you know, out this... And, and and the reputations of the players brought this guy to prominence and and you know was probably one of the first yeah chiropractors or I guess physiofficially physiotherapists or I, I would at least say, professionally yeah because it did um, sound like he was giving people instructions right like after the fact too yeah like, like here's some here's some exercises to yeah. do at home that'll yeah. Keep, get your shoulder back tight. Yeah, again. like pinch this nerve and like bang your head into the wall. <laughs> yeah. You'll be great. Do seven somersaults. <laughs> Drink a glass of water upside down. Look, if it There's works. Ghosts in your knee. <laughs> if it works. Um, uh, Saber actually, uh, David W. Anderson of, of Saber actually put together a, a, a full team of people treated by Bonesetter Reese. Interesting. So, Interesting article. Yeah, so I, I will, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go through this quickly. So, okay. here's the pictures. He, we definitely, these are the people we know he treated. Cy Young, Christy Matherson, Walter Johnson, Big Ed Walsh, Grover Cleveland, Alexander, sorry, Grover Cleveland, Alexander, Addie Joss, Chief Bender, and Stan Kovaleski. Catchers, Gabby Hartnett and Roger Breshnahan, first baseman George Sistler and Frank Chance, second baseman Eddie Collins, Rogers Hornsby and Nap LeJoie. He treated home run banker and Jimmy Collins, the third baseman, shortstops. We talked about Honus Wagner and Donnie Bush. And in the outfield is pretty fucking 
Ty Cobb, Shoeless Joe, Tris Speaker, Ed Roosh, and Max Carey. So, what a stable. Yeah, that's and that's that's I don't know. I guess they just put together a team. That's not everybody, but that's like the best of the best. Yeah, an yeah. all-star team. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it's absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's just it's a great story. It's it's wild, and yeah, I I have to thank the uh, the. 1925 World Series one because when I was reading about Pittsburgh mm-hmm. in the 1920s they were like oh, and they went to Bone Center Reese and I'm like who the fuck that's gotta get me <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. on that guy yeah I'm getting on that guy like right they just like mention it like everyone <laughs> should know who Bone Center Reese is yeah absolutely <laughs> uh, and yeah that's, but uh, I, I will say so there was a Sabre article on him uh, I mentioned uh, Deadspin uh, Vince Gurelli Gurielli uh, sorry, bud. Uh, but Deadspin article, really good, as well as uh, Jacko Sporting Almanac, uh, which was a podcast. I think it's on the BBC. Uh, it was like talking about his like Welsh roots and how he made oh, a, okay, right. became all of famous course. and shit in America. So it was kind of from like the other perspective. Yeah, that's cool. They were like, we don't know what this baseball is, but he <laughs> apparently was a very good for the baseball. <laughs> Yeah, they, they, it's a really good <laughs> podcast. Listen to that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they okay. speak in better accent than Sean. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, that's it. That's all I got. Um, but well, yeah. Thanks for that little short story. It wasn't actually that short, really. But uh, anyway, yeah. It, uh, it did the job. It told the tale, and uh, yeah, I think it's gonna, you know, walk us out of this season. That's right. Well, that's so. right. Yeah. Happy. Uh, 2023 we'll see you next year uh we're gonna have a whole bunch of new stories next year and thanks so much uh we are probably gonna actually pick a few old episodes uh throughout the break so check those out we're gonna do little intros whatever uh until next time yeah i'm sean and i'm heads and we were doing baseball okay bye bye (laughs)